Welcome to the Scriptures for America Worldwide Broadcasting Network. This is part 9 in the series, What's Wrong with America? In part 8, we revisited the foundations of the message in part 1, that being the doing of the will of Christ's Father in heaven by being a doer of the commands and laws of God, and that these commands and laws were not done away in Christ Jesus. In part 8, the intention was to bring to the frontlets of God's people's mind what is happening to them in America and other nations, and bring this to the feet of his people, is not a popular subject. We are, however, instructed in Acts 18.9 to speak, and do not be afraid, and do not keep silent. God's people's silence is proof to the God of Jacob their sin and acquiescence in it. It really is no more difficult than that. The transgression of replacing law with grace is following the precepts of men. It is one of the pivotal transgressions of God's people in America and other nations. Now in this part 9 we are going to revisit part 2 in an attempt to bring to the feet of God's people their transgression. Now in part 2 we touched on the over 600 verses of Deuteronomy given as precepts, commands, and principles for the children of Israel to choose life. We uncovered the failure of God's people to understand the principle the food laws embody for good health. We challenged the traditions and doctrines of the elders and theological teachers, or the scribes, if you will, of the day, on the, quote, proof texts, end quote, concerning the divine dietary laws. We firmly established God's divine dietary laws are for health care. Remember, his instruction and command previously reviewed was to choose life. A recent statistic reveals that American lifestyle choices, or behaviors as they are called, are responsible for 80% of the nation's health care costs. In other words, the choices, the behavior of God's children in America are directly related to their, quote, sick care needs, as I like to call it, or disease management needs. There is only a smaller 20% that is actually attributable to what is known as catastrophic care. Now, with that statistic or the national health fact put into the frontlets of one's mind, it becomes clear God's children in America have the facts before them. It is patently absurd and blasphemous in nature to lay America health issues at the feet of God. God commanded obedience to the dietary commands to avoid the diseases of Egypt. Now, I am not saying that God cannot, or has not, the occasion to actually cause the diseases and health issues plaguing God's children in America. He clearly has it within his purview, and God's children in America are showing no outward manifestation of expectation that God abstain from pronouncing such sicknesses upon them. Again, God is interested in the life and well-being of his children. Hence the command to choose life, and the abstination command, Thou shalt not eat any abominable thing, and the complaint of God at Isaiah 65, 3-4. I'm not a nutritionist or have any health education whatsoever. However, I think you'll find that most health educators would agree there are about a dozen main types of food or basic food blocks or nutrient needs to sustain life. Due to time, we must not go into much greater detail, but some of these nutritional needs for life are water, proteins, vitamins, amino acids, phytochemicals, etc. 
improper amounts or deficiencies of essential food nutrients can lead to malfunctions of bodily functions. Likewise, toxicity levels within one's body can and do lead to malfunctioning bodily systems. Some toxic substances are poisons, chemicals, including pharmaceutically engineered medications, refined sugars, metals, food additives, uh, toxins, BGH, BHA, MSG, biotoxins, etc. The presence of these toxins will interfere with a body's regular physiological function. And it's my understanding there are relatively few bacteria or germs which can actually cause disease. These cases are much less prevalent in American society and are usually a result of fairly unordinary circumstances. Consider for a moment the fact that germs, viruses, and bacteria are around us everywhere, and God has perfected a body quite capable of effectively combating these with a substantial immune system. However, should one alter the balances necessary for the proper immune function, and the result can be debilitating or outright catastrophic. Much of what God's people in America do is directly and proportionately responsible for, or at the very least, greatly attributable to their health condition. What God's people are in large measure doing in America and indeed around the world is a result of lifestyle choices which are increasing the instances of deficiency and toxicity. Remember, this series is engaging in the unpopular act of bringing what's wrong with America to the feet of God's people. Let's begin with what is known as hybridized seeds. This engineered seed grows into crops which are more prone to disease. Insects are created largely to attack and consume diseased vegetation, so a seed which is weaker would naturally require more pest or insect protection or as we know them, pesticides. A weaker seed contains less than optimal concentrations of phytochemicals. There are more than 100,000 of these phytochemicals. The body's regular regulatory system use these in healing, immune system uh, defense and function, and the absorption and utilization of vitamins. The pesticide usage therefore necessary for these crops results in the increased toxicity upon consumption. This contradicts God's laws as given at Leviticus 19.19, and I quote in part, Ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with a mingled seed. End quote. In addition to God's people trading in God's pure seed, they have accepted as food that picked before maturity. This early termination of the growth process causes deficiencies in these unripened foods to as much as 90% less of the phytochemicals and 30% less vitamins and minerals than their vine-ripened counterpart, not to mention their edible desirability. Herbicide use increases the toxicity level of the food it is used on for the control of the weeds among the crops. God's people have likewise accepted as food that which really is not food at all. Junk foods are probably at the top of these. Ready-made meals are amongst the processed food. A processed and packaged food results in the removal of as much as 90% of the vitamins, minerals, and other available nutrients. God's people's intake of prepackaged food is absolutely staggering. 
The fast food restaurant phenomenon that swept over America the past 50 years could prepare you a meal, if you could call it that, that contained literally little nutritional value while it loaded the individual with fat content but relatively devoid of nutritional nutrient vitamins and minerals. When one opened the bun on a typical fast food burger, you would find their burger looks nothing like the ones that you press together on a weekend barbecue. This staggering consumption of non-food has for its result nutritional deficiencies. When one adds to this the consumption of soda pop, processed juices, coffees, and other bottled liquid refreshments and municipal water supplies, you have another level of deficiency in toxicity. In 2008, it was reported on national news broadcasts that over two dozen of approximately 30 municipal water supplies tested had detectable levels of drugs. That's right, drugs in the water supply. I was again overwhelmed by grief in my soul at the lack of outrage from God's people in America. People in 24 major municipalities, you have drugs in your water drugs consumed by you and your children in every glass of water drank. This in spite of adding chlorine which is a poison and fluoride which is a toxin to the supply. Both of these processes on the water supply can be highly carcinogenic and the presence of drugs simply another reason to avoid the water from these municipal systems altogether. In other words much of the chemical components of the pharmaceutical drugs sold to God's people are passing through them and into the sewage treatment systems and ending up in the domestic water supply. This can only lead to depleted levels of available nutrients in the water and toxicity of an unknown level for the body's further destruction. So what you can see so far is that we have a recipe for deficiency and toxicity. Is this what is meant by the statistic that 80% of Americans' health care costs are behavioral? The actions or behaviors of God's people is what is causing the unhealthy immune systems and systematically the root cause of nearly all diseases and illnesses plaguing God's people in America. Germs and bacteria are attacking the unhealthy diseased, dead or dying tissues of God's children's bodies. The lack of nutrient to the body's cells is causing organ functions to fail or to become diseased. America's medical establishment is engaged in what I believe should be called sick care or disease care or perhaps most appropriate would be disease management as to treat only the germs or viruses or diseases while ignoring largely the deficiencies or toxicity which gave rise to the germ or virus invasion in the first place. Today our medical establishment, quote, fights, and quote, diseases, which were relatively uncommon as our medical understanding increased in the last 200 years. In spite of this knowledge and understanding, there seems to be little if any progress in the eradication of diseases. Case in point, diabetes and arthritis were once considered a part of getting old. However, today these maladies are common for our children today. Driving to work this morning, the news broadcaster alerted the listener that drugs were now the number one killer of children. With all this medical advancement and technology, our medical establishment is not able to comprehend these prescribed and sometimes unprescribed drugs are killing our children. And still God's people are not outraged.
God has established for his people an immutable law of health for us to follow in obtaining good health, and the children of God are ignoring it. We've already discussed in part two God's complaint to Isaiah at 65, 3 and 4. Now how about those recorded by Ezekiel at 22:26? and I quote, Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane, neither have they showed difference between the clean and the unclean." End quote. Remember, in part 8, we learned just who the scribes were in Jesus' day. They were the writers and keepers of the law. As necessary, they were the ones responsible to read the law of God. They had recorded and aid in controversies of law by just laying out the facts of God's laws. So Ezekiel records for us God's complaint that the teachers of the law, the priests as they were called then, were not declaring, showing, instructing the difference between the clean and the unclean. In other words, God's law was being ignored deliberately by the clergy of the day. I find it interesting, don't you, that the clergy of the last 75 years have been teaching God's law has been done away with? After all, Christians became dead to the law by the body of Christ. But of course, listeners of these messages on what's wrong with America and other messages on these broadcasts have opened up and challenged that doctrine of men. And due to the constraints of time, we will not go into each specific clean and unclean food. Instead, we will let God's law speak for itself as recorded for us at Leviticus and Deuteronomy. If you do indeed have a question on a particular food or an animal that you've been consuming and it seems not to be answered by a thorough reading of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, I would suggest that you contact the sponsoring ministry you are listening to this broadcast through, or you could request the book, A Handbook of Bible Law by Charles Wiseman, Wiseman Publications. It has a number of pages dedicated to clean and unclean foods as well as categorizing scriptures to reference in a wide range of essential health issues, laws, hygiene, food handling, and practices. In bringing to the feet of God's people the clear and present result of ignoring God's food and health laws, I want to spend some time on some very big culprits in the disease God's children face. Again, I am not in any way trained in the area of health, nor do I subscribe or belong to any type of medical publications. But to begin with, I'd like to disclose some facts regarding one of the unclean animals, the swine or the pig. I know a lot of, quote, Christians, end quote, who, regardless of being shown and further attempts to do legitimate study of scriptures to prove that God's law is done away with, they simply reject it and there remains very little left to do to encourage and edify their understanding. Interestingly, I find these many professed Christians espouse a belief of sorts in good health or a healthy diet, yet many of them know nothing of the toxic elements of that which they routinely consume as food. In every instance of God's commands to abstain from a particular food, Modern medical research and technology has already or is now confirming biological findings regarding deleterious effects of consuming the unclean and the benefit of eating the clean foods. 
when presented the biological information about pork, shellfish, lobster, catfish, and a host of other foods, most of these professed and health-conscious Christians respond with, Bless this to the nourishment of my body, Lord, down the hatch. Or, Christ abolished the law and nailed it to the cross, brother. Or, what God has cleaned, let no man any more call unclean, etc. There are a host of biological facts and published reports about many foods God commanded not to consume, but still being known, God's people in America and other lands ignore and refuse to repent of these abominable consumptions before God. Let's review some little-known facts about America's love affair with swine's flesh. One of the most informative pieces written in the, on the subject and worn out from years of citation has been Professor Hans Heinrich Reckowig, uh, M.D.'s dissertation published in Biology Therapy, Volume 1, Number 2, in 1983. He noted several astonishing facts known about pork products or swine flesh as early as the mid-1940s. He tells of a time during World War II in North Africa when soldiers suffered from abscesses of the lower legs. After exhausting every form of treatment to no avail, it was suggested that the diet of the soldiers must be the cause of their condition, as none of the natives were contracting the condition. The soldiers' rations were stripped of the pork and immediate relief from the leg ulcer syndrome was achieved. An interesting thing happened, however, in 1948. Pork products such as ham, and in particular bacon, became widely available, and the health of the German people changed completely. It is almost as if a people who decried a claim of genocide to the whole world became the progenitor of a vision of genocide against the very people they exclaimed were trying to destroy them. Listen as I quote now from the journal. Bearing in mind, this small portion does not the full justice the whole article deserves. And I quote, Soon after the currency reform of 1948 was established, pork products, ham, and particularly bacon, became readily available, and the health picture of the German population completely changed. Inflammation of the appendix, gallbladder disorders, acute eruptions of the skin such as pyodermia, impetigo, carbuncles, Sardoparus abscesses became commonplace upon treating these illnesses with chemical drugs and sulfanamides. Chronic mycosis as well as a variety of side effects soon became apparent. Particularly frightening was the increase in cases of cancer at that time. A great many patients between 60 and 70 years old who had hitherto been free of disorders suddenly became ill with stomach complaints which were found to be caused by cancer of the alimentary canal, the stomach, or the intestines. The progress of these cases was so instructive and biologically significant, or rather had such causal basis, that certain deductions as to the origin of all the illnesses had to be made. This being that the basis of all illnesses are poisons. Homotoxicology proves that every illness should be recognized as a defensive measure against poisons and the damages caused by them. Thus, all illnesses are to be regarded as biologically necessary processes which should never be suppressed as they clearly express that the body is trying by inflammatory excretions to return to a healthy state. If this is not observed, there arises the danger of acute poisoning exhibiting itself as a high fever, influenza, sore throats, etc., 
when the process of natural detoxification is interrupted by means of suppressive therapy, an alternative poisoning can develop. This is primarily true in cases where chemotherapeutics, antibiotics, and the derivatives are used. While these certainly destroy germs, they do not affect the causal poisons, nor are these poisons eliminated. In fact, the poison layer is increased by the bacterial endotoxins released from the corpses of the fragmented bacteria. Generally speaking, in illnesses, the bacteria do not play the role of initiators, but of indicators. They live as parasites in the areas of inflammation where the ingested pork is situated, releasing the poison layer, thereby acting as useful aids. End quote. Hmm, is this why pork is so widely used? Because the children of the wicked seed understand their parasitical nature of pork? Now, let's fast forward to 2009, to the North American continent God's people came to in the greatest single mass migration ever known in mankind's history. Listen to the titles of these articles and their dates of publication I collected from just the past few years. October 13, 2006. Hot dogs may raise the risk of pancreatic cancer. October 2006. Hold the bacon cancer risk from some meats. November 2007 is the way we raise our food giving us MRSA. This article is about the antibiotics fed to the farm animals that we eat and wondering whether it's helped to create superbugs like the drug-resistant staph bacteria known as MSRA. From that article, scientists detected antibiotic-resistant bacteria in pork, pigs, and some veterinarians. It's possible that these so-called superbugs could infect farm workers or even people who eat pork. Antibiotic-resistant bugs were found in more than 7% of over 100 swine the veterinarians tested. The same bacterial strains were found in nearly 50% of 300 tested pigs. Perhaps of greatest concern was that the bacteria were also found in 10% of more than 200 samples of ground pork pork chops collected from Canadian provinces. That particular article concluded with an estimated estimation of 18,650 deaths a year were caused by antibiotic-resistant uh, uh, bacteria. Then there was an article again in November 2007 about mad pig industry, which is relative to the same kind of disease as the mad cow disease. Then we go to inhaling pig brains may be cause of new illness, February of 2008. A superbug found in Canadian pork products, April 30, 2008. Uh, pigs raised without antibiotics carry more bacteria and parasites, uh, June of 2008. September 2008, are there deadly superbugs in your, in your pork? Pigs quarantined in U.S. farm following melamine contamination in October 2008. Uganda Health News official warns people on pork October 8, 2018, uh, October 18, 2008. Uh, Manila reports Ebola virus in pigs posted December 11, 2008. Ebola may have passed from a pig to a human January 24, 2009. It's uh, not a tumor. Doctors find worm in woman's brain instead, posted January 25, 2009. 
flu outbreak mutated from pigs transmitted to humans, April 24, 2009. So there's just a few of the examples of news articles relating to pork or to the swine in, in the recent years. So when you are asked, what does it matter who God's people are? After all, if we confess Jesus is Lord, we are his. In the end, what does all this mean? I believe it was revealed to me over and over as I tried to provide the listener with proof of the efficacy of God's food laws. Simply put, I found myself saying, why am I wasting my time trying to prove to God's people that his dietary and health laws are applicable, relevant, and biologically sound? Really? If God's people could just muster up a little faith and believe in it, no, Instead, they will believe the lie that God's laws have been done away with, causing God's people to ignore and disregard the soundness of his commands, to therefore choose life. This in turn causes them to turn to another source of health and healing. Every year they are told of another statistic regarding the death toll of the land, for each situation giving rise to these deaths is a new agency or regulation of man's device to correct. However, just 10 years ago, the JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association, estimated nearly two and a quarter million hospital patients experienced a serious adverse drug reaction, and over 100,000 of those resulted in death annually, and nearly another 100,000 by mistakes of the various practitioners, or, as we call them, health care professionals, making them the number three killer of Americans. However, of the two leading killers, heart disease and cancer, due to the medical professional's failure to educate and advise of the toxicity and poisons causing these diseases and other half millions should be directly attributable to them. This three-quarter million deaths coupled with over a million abortions, these practitioners are far and away the main cause of death in America. Now you have again come face to face with what's wrong with America. It is a sinning people and a protected class or group feeding off of their sin. Are you still proud to be an American? Or will you drop to your knees and humble yourself and repent and seek his forgiveness? This is Doug Nelson, trusting you will again hear these words one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant.